Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Broadcast it live. There are balls coming from all over the place. Left field, center field, right field. See, this this is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now, that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. Now, are you just saying you want to have fun, or do you really want to have fun? It'll be fun. Will the next person that sees anybody throw anything onto this field, point them out, or get them out of here? You don't live in Cleveland. You talking to me? You talking to me? That is the farthest thing in the universe from the truth. Hello, everyone. Live, it's the Dan Scott Show. And right there is your host, Dan Scott. Hi again, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of the newly rebranded Dan Scott Show podcast, although I guess after 10 episodes now, I can quit calling it the newly rebranded podcast, but in my mind, that's still what it is. Good to have you along with us. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a good one for you today. Uh, Our guest is Jason Romano, who was a longtime and very successful producer for ESPN who walked away from the worldwide leader in 2017 so he could use his gifts and his talents to more freely share Jesus Christ. And he's doing it primarily with a a website and a podcast called Sports Spectrum. You're going to be hearing from Jason over the course of the next hour. And uh, it's really, really talking about why he did what he did and how his life has changed since he's done it. Hope that you will enjoy that. We'll be getting to Jason coming up in just a moment. I want to remind you of a couple of things. First of all, the podcast is presented by our friends at Todaro Pizza here in the upstate of South Carolina, the Greenville location specifically, Bucket List Pizza. Those of you who are in the area, you know about Todaro from the Clemson location that's been open for 20-plus years. Greenville location in its third year, John and his folks over there do such great work. The The food is just outstanding. The people are even better. You know me well enough to know by now that if I didn't like the food, I wouldn't tell you to go eat there. So please visit Todaro Pizza. If you're coming into the area for the first time, make it one of your must-visit establishments. Todaro Pizza, T-O-D-A-R-O Pizza Greenville. You can find them on Twitter, on Facebook, and uh, tell them that I sent you and thank them for continuing to support the podcast. Also want to remind you that we have the 24-7 streaming Dan Scott Show channel on TuneIn Radio. That's brand new. You'll hear a lot of these uh, podcast episodes that are playing in rotation there, but I'm also using it as a way to have a little bit of fun with 20 years of backlog material that I have from the talk show days and playing some of those classic interviews. The oldest one we have running at the moment goes back to 2003 with Bobby Thompson of the Shot Heard Round the World fame. That's on there. Larry Munson, the late former Georgia uh, longtime broadcaster, is on there, and so much more. Some recent stuff, some podcast episodes designed to have some fun with sports, but also another platform to share Jesus Christ. That's the Dan Scott Show channel on Tune in radio. Again, on the podcast today, our guest is Jason Romano, formerly of ESPN, now with Sports Spectrum. And we're going to be back to talk about his journey in sharing Christ in this world using sports as a platform. Sound familiar? All that on the other side. Stay right there. The power of choice is a game changer in any walk of life, and insurance coverage is no different. Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance give you that power. With over 80 insurance carriers to shop, Dana finds the best coverage at the best price. How successful is he? Goosehead's client loyalty score is more than double that of traditional agencies, and the local agency in Taylor's has a 97.8% customer satisfaction rating. Goosehead specializes in home and 
and auto insurance, but offers all lines of personal coverage. And Goosehead's cutting-edge technology speeds up the quote process. Find out how much you can save on insurance today. Call Dana McMahon at Goosehead Insurance, 864-626-6745. That's 864-626-6745. Or visit www.gooseheadcom That's Dana McMahon and Goosehead Insurance. Dan Scott here for the Atlanta Bread Company. What do I like about Atlanta Bread? Well, too much to mention in a short commercial, but here are a few things. Bread baked daily fresh on site, a tremendous selection of soup, sandwiches, and salads, seasonal special additions to the menu, delicious hot coffee, and a bevy of other drink options, and yeah, can't forget about the baked sweet goodies. Dine in or carry out, and when you have the Atlanta Bread Company app, you can order and pay online, then breeze past the lines to the pickup counter to get your food. Experience it for yourself. That's the Atlanta Bread Company, Cherrydale Point in Greenville. Let me tell you something, Cowboy. This rookie can really bring the heat. He's smoky and spicy with a Chipotle style all his own. It's a new Montgomery Inn Chipotle barbecue sauce. Make it a part of your home team. Available now at your neighborhood grocer or online at cincyfavorites.com. Sometimes in life, you simply need to treat yourself to the best. And every time you lift a refreshing soda from Hank's Beverages to your lips, you're simply already a winner. It doesn't matter if it's a root beer, orange cream, vanilla cream, black cherry, or grape soda. There's a reason Hank's Beverages has been known as Philly's best for well more than a decade. Find Hank's online at hanksbeverages.net, or you can find their product here in the upstate at Ingalls Supermarkets, Lowe's Grocery Stores, and Harris Teeter. You might know that State Farm agent Ed Patterson has great service. He's your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates too? Yep, that's right. Along with good neighbor service, State Farm agent Ed Patterson has surprisingly great rates for everyone in Greenville. So call State Farm agent Ed Patterson at 864-322-0031 for your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. Is your roof leaking or damaged? Do your gutters need repaired? You can Google roofing companies until your computer overheats, or you can simply call the best, Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Whether it's roof replacement, new and remodel installation, roofing insurance claims, whatever your needs, Bracken Roofing and Gutter will simply do it right the first time. And the same goes for gutter screen installations. Forget about balancing on ladders and cleaning your gutters. Let Bracken Roofing and Gutters screen them for you today. Listen, do not settle for subpar work. Get a free inspection today. Check out the reviews on Facebook. You'll see many satisfied customers, and they're all saying the same thing, that they're happy that they chose Bracken Roofing and Gutter. That's Bracken Roofing and Gutter. Call Kyle today at 864-704-5993. This is episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show podcast, second effort of 2022, and uh, as always, very happy to have you along with us. Wherever podcasts are available, that's where you can find us, and as always, we hope that you'll uh, interact with us, like it, share it, and help us continue to grow the audience. Excited about uh, our guest for this episode, as we continue to to do our best uh, as often as possible to, to merge uh, two passions that I have, Jesus and sports. And uh, today we get a chance to chat with uh, Jason Romano, who for a long time was a, a very successful producer at ESPN. And then in 2017, following the uh, calling and conviction that God laid on his heart, he walked away from that job, has started a, uh, a website, a podcast, a, a broadcasting outlet called Sports Spectrum. And uh, Jason joins us today to kind of take us through that journey and, and tell us what's going on with both uh, him and Sports Spectrum. Now, Jason, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Hey, Dan. I'm doing good. Thanks Thanks for having me. How are you, buddy? I, I am, uh, as I told you earlier, I'm, I'm blessed in the grand scheme of things. Um, yes. It's, uh, it, it's a good day to have a good day, as I heard somebody say not too long ago. So. That's a good way to look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. With all that we've been going through, uh, if we're kicking and breathing and 
having opportunities like this to have conversations, I mean, not a whole lot to complain about. So. No, and as I have come to find out, most people don't care anyway when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to your complaining. So isn't that the truth? It, it so is. We think everybody cares because of social media, and most really don't care at all. <laughs> is it? Isn't it funny? And 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 you and I have have at least this in common, and, and probably more. But but we use social media as an outlet to to try and and interact with people to to gain followers to spread our message grow what we're trying to do yeah. and and yet it it is the most shallow of forms of both communication and forms of relationship that you could possibly have the the we you can have 6 million followers and not have any real relationships yeah it's uh it's funny because I, I, it's a love-hate relationship that I have with it, and I really do love it. I mean, it's not, it's not a like and kind of dislike. It's a love and hate. I, I love social media. I love what, it's, what, it, what, it, what it was, especially when I first got on it 12, 13 years ago. I mean, it created me my last job at ESPN. I was a social media director for the last five years. So without social media, I don't have this potential path that I took in my last five years at ESPN. But the hate part is there, too, especially in the last, I don't know, five years, six years or whatever, where it became so polarizing. And so um, you use the word shallow, which is really a good way to look at it, because relationships are so uh, such a, a vital part of my life. And there's, it's so, you know, any, anything that I've ever accomplished in my life is because of relationships with other people who've helped me along the way. And the one thing I like about social media is that you can have connections with people, you know, and even you and I, Dan, we met through social media. Right. So I look at social media as a great thing, but then there's, you know, anytime you put something out there and it, this could be sports related, um, but it's hopefully people don't take it too serious in the sports world, although many do. Uh, and I was one of those many years ago, not, in, not anymore. But if you put anything out there that's polarizing right now, whether it's religion politics, uh, societal differences, whatever it is. Um, even yesterday I shared something as we record this about a report that came out from a very high profile doctor who had a ton of, <laughs> a ton of, you know, PhD, MD, you know, all the, all the, the credentials that you would want to see a doctor have. And it was completely against what <clears throat> many other people were sharing about vaccines and I'm not an anti-vaccine guy at all. I, I got my vaccine, but I just put out there, this is why people are so confused mm -hmm. with what's going on with COVID. And this could be anything else that we're talking about when you have people of a uh, very highly credentialed coming at it from completely different directions. What are we supposed to believe? And so social media has, I think really harnessed that, that fact slash truth to opinion. And we've said the opinion is a fact. And let me show you why my opinion is a fact. And that's dangerous territory. Um, you should be able to have your opinions on things, but we haven't been able to really differentiate what's true and what's not uh, in some levels, I should say. I mean, my truth is, is Jesus is Lord, right? And so I, I stand by that truth and then everything else can kind of be muddy if you need it to be but yeah it's it's, it's such a love-hate relationship i have with mm -hmm. it right now there's been many moments dan where i want to just delete all of my social medias and then i remember half of you know the interviews that we were able to get on sports spectrum and the interviews that i'm able to do and even the promotional value just like i'm sure your show is of being able to share it with other people comes through social media so it's it's a <laughs> it's really a love-hate yeah when it comes to the debate over truth in our society right. today. I tend to go with the guy who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That, that, that's the guy that I'm going to side with. Um, Every single time. Yeah. He's not a truth. He's the truth. The truth and, and exactly. Those are his words. And when Jesus says that, to me, I tell people all the time that John 14, 6 verse, that's the most crucial verse in the entire Bible, in my opinion, because he's stating who he is, mm -hmm. and he's calling himself the only way and the only truth and the only way to life. If that's, if that's true on any ounce of, you know, whatever you believe fact to be, 
um, it's pretty important we take his words to, to heart. Amen. The other thing about social media, and, and then we'll move on to the real reason that I got you here, but uh, <laughs> okay. it, it, it has yeah. it has given, well, for lack of a better term, it's giving a lot of people that I would refer to as cowards uh, a lot of false bravado because they can say what they want to under a, a tremendous veil of anonymity with no blowback mm-hmm. or no repercussions. And, and, and yeah. I, I personally have a problem with that. Again, this is unique in, in, in the world today. I, I, I still believe that there is a, a need for personal accountability and, and, and the internet and social media allows people to operate. And a lot of people with a, an awful lot of influence, unfortunately, to operate without that accountability. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it reminds me of growing up as a kid. Uh, I'm 48 years old. So I remember reading the newspapers every morning as a kid growing up and fighting my brothers for the sports page but occasionally i would end up reading the main page which was very rare um because at 10 years old i didn't care about the rest of the world i only cared about did the mets win last night that was what i cared about but (laughs) the main page it would have somewhere in there would be a dear abby letter and people would write dear abby i'm struggling with this or i'm going with through this can you help me with this signed you know sad human from Connecticut, right? And then they would never put their names to it. And it's different, obviously. Social media is is a much different area. But we've always, I think, there's people who always want to have a place to open up and share. And, they're, and they don't really know how to do that human to human in person. And social media, as great as I already explained it is, it's such a dangerous place because we can't all hide in our basement with a laptop or a phone and just rip on people, you know, with no accountability, like you said. Mm -hmm. And I think the pandemic has magnified that even more. I mean, every day our governor here in Connecticut puts out the positivity rate numbers for COVID. And I watch that. I want to see that because I'm just curious as a human, how we're doing from a positivity rate, but every single day, I don't call them bots because they're, they're not bots there. I think they're real people, but they look like bots come back with the same replies every single day, whether it's, we need to have a mask mandate now, or whether it's you're killing our country or killing our state, you know, governor. And and it's the same people on the same things every single day. And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, my gosh, what kind of life do you want to live to just be a person that wants to rip people apart or, or find the negative or scream fear over everything that's posted. And this comes, this comes into sports too, right, Dan? I mean, Mm -hmm. sports obviously is, you know, it's the, it's the toy department of life in in many ways. It's so much fun to be in sports, but you could post that, you know, this person is a great quarterback and somebody's going to find, but he did this, this, and this, and there's a default to that. And it's like, we can't even celebrate or be positive. We always have to default to the negative and social media, unfortunately has magnified that. Yeah. So, and it, you, you use the phrase that uh, the first time I heard it was with my, my uh, current and, and longtime broadcast partner, Tom Van Hoy always has a, a way of putting things in perspective. And, and he told me a long time ago when we first started working together, he said, if life is a department store, we work in the toy department here in, 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 in what we do in, in sports. And, and it's just funny. Well, somebody told me that at ESPN one day, Yeah, you know, I, I think I was there maybe a couple years or even, you know, a couple months and somebody said, look what we get to do. Look where we are. We're in the toy department of, of life. And I'm like, that's a great way to put it because as an eight year old, that's the greatest thing ever is to go to the toy department mm-hmm. buy a star Wars figure. And here I am at, you know, 28 or whatever I was getting to, go to work and be paid to talk and watch and read and write and produce <laughs> about sports. Like, come on, that's great. And, and, and in that job, as we kind of transition toward that, um, we're visiting with Jason Romano, who is uh, the guy who heads up a, a great website. You can find him on Twitter, podcast, all of that stuff called Sports Spectrum. It combines sports and faith. Um, yeah. But you got a chance to work at ESPN, as you said, for a long time. And, and I was just scrolling through uh, your uh, your Twitter timeline a little earlier this morning, uh, looking for yeah. little looking for little nuggets. 
and, and, <laughs> and somebody asked you about one of your biggest thrills, and, and you said that you got a chance to spend an entire day with Daryl Strawberry at ESPN, who, who, who was your childhood hero when you were like 12 years old or something like that. Absolutely, yeah. Sports hero. I mean, yeah. I grew up, <clears throat> just like probably you and many others, loving sports, mm -hmm. right? I mean, as a kid, I played it. But I really loved watching it and kind of dissecting it. And, you know, I picked my teams that I root for very early on, and I still root for them today into my late 40s. I was a Dallas Cowboys fan first when I was six years old. Uh, Roger Staubach was my guy when I was little, little. And then Danny White became my guy as I got into my – I'm probably – for those listening who are under the age of 40, if you don't know who Danny White is, I completely understand. Mm -hmm. But he was the quarterback after Roger Staubach that led Dallas to three straight – NFC championship games in the early eighties. I was also a Celtics fan and am a Celtics fan. Uh, my dad was a huge Boston Celtics fan. So Larry bird became mm. my basketball hero. And then when I was eight or nine years old in the 82, 83 timeframe, uh, Daryl strawberry was called up to the New York Mets. And I just, I don't want to say I fell in love with him. Cause that's kind of a weird thing to say when you're 10 years old, but I really did become fanatical over number 18 and so so that was my guy I mean I have notebooks somewhere um from when I was 15 16 years old keeping stats every single game of his games uh there were no internet or computers or anything like that when I was growing up so I had the newspaper and I had notebooks and pens and and that was it and watching tv when he was playing so he became my guy I mean I had posters on the walls I had his jersey Everything about Daryl Strawberry I loved. So if you would have told me at 12 years old, you know, fast forward, I don't know how many years later that is, 25 years later, that I would be at ESPN in 2009. And as part of my job that day as a talent producer was to spend the day with Daryl Strawberry to bring him on all of the different shows that ESPN had at that time and many that are still on, Sports Center, uh, you know, First Take, Mike and Mike in the morning, baseball tonight, um, sports nation, all of these shows that were so, so big back in the, you know, middle of 2005 to 2010 range. If you'd have told me that I was working at ESPN, first of all, that I would have laughed at that part, but that I, then I was spending a day with Daryl strawberry. I definitely would have laughed at that part. But now many years later, a decade later that Daryl and I have a relationship that he's actually a friend of mine. That's like, ridiculous that's in, it's improbable it's not even it's not even remotely possible that that could ever happen uh, but here we are dan and it's happened mm -hmm. and it's kind of crazy even at 48 i think about my life and who am i you know and i i know i'm i have a different perspective now after becoming a believer about 20 years ago um that god has orchestrated all of this but like who the heck am i i'm just a kid who grew up in a small town called ravina new york about 12 miles south of the capital of New York State, Albany, New York, uh, 2,000 people in our community, graduating out of a class of 150, small high school, just with, with dreams of maybe doing the local TV, you know, newscast, sportscast mm -hmm. in Albany. That was the dream. But the Daryl Strawberry ESPN, all I mean, that's just so far out of the reach of what I ever thought I could accomplish or do. Uh, but I do love telling that story because uh, if I can do it, that definitely means anybody else can achieve their goals and dreams too, because it went so far beyond even what I could comprehend. And it was a great day. By the way, the interesting part about that day, Dan, is that as much as I wanted to talk about the Mets in the 1980s and his home runs that he hit, those majestic home runs and the 86 Mets World Series, we spent the entire day talking about faith talking about God, talking about um, the broken relationships that both he and I have with my dad. Mm -hmm. um, we talked about uh, forgiveness, all of salvation. We were talking about things that I never thought we would ever talk about if I was spending the day with my hero. You know, I wanted to pepper him with questions about, you know, beating the Red Sox in the World Series. And here we are talking about real life things. Yeah. And I think that's what ended up connecting us and having us become become friends was that our relationship and our conversations was not predicated on the same stuff that he talks about with everybody else. Um, so it was 
quite the day. It was one of my favorite days ever. Yeah, after we're done, uh, I may have to uh, think about calling in a favor because I've been trying for uh, three or four months now to get past uh, Daryl's manager and publisher to get him on this podcast, talk about his book and his faith and everything. So I may call in a favor before it's all said and done. We can have that conversation. Hey, uh, and I got to tell you, I want this to be about you, but but I do want to share this this quick story based on on how you framed the Daryl Strawberry thing. I grew up in the coal fields of southern West Virginia. Uh, and and, mm-hmm. and in fact, my third great grandfather is Devil Lance Hatfield of the Hatfields and McCoys. So wow, yeah, wow. so 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 that's what I grew up in. <laughs> at at eight years old, I flip on the radio one day and I hear this voice coming out of the box, broadcasting the Cincinnati Reds, and it's Marty Brenneman. Sure. Um, fast forward to my senior year in high school, my favorite NFL team the Bengals hires a guy named Sam Weish as their mm-hmm. head coach. My career has moved to the point where both of those guys, of course, Sam passed away a little over a year ago, but right. both of those guys I was able to develop relationships with, call friends, to do multiple interviews with. Sam was a regular on my old radio show every week during football season. It's just incredible how these things happen that really shouldn't happen unless somebody else is guiding, you know, guiding the entire process. Yeah, of course there's breaks and there's moments and I call them fork in the road or pivot moments in your life that you can point to that bring you to situations like that, right, Dan? But when you really look at I, I talked to a – you'll laugh at this, but I talked to a former WWE Hall of Famer, a guy named Jeff Jarrett, who's on social media. He's a great guy, and he was a wrestler, a big big wrestling guy in the, in the 90s when I was into wrestling with The Rock and Stone Cold, and I had him on the podcast, and – he referred to God as the grand weaver. That's how he would talk about his relationship with God. He's like, the grand weaver has just woven my life to this, this, this. And this is a guy who overcame alcoholism and, and some really tough moments and tough situations to really bring him back into a place where he is just on fire for God and loves the Lord. And But he kept referring to God as the grand weaver. And the more I think about my life, the more that's probably the right way to describe who, I mean, God is God, right? He's sovereign and he's holy and he's just, and he's all powerful and he's amazing. But the grand weaver is a great way to to look at life. When you think about where God is and how he orchestrates what, what we go through and what we, you know, the, the, the highs and the lows of life, he's the grand weaver, the grand designer. And that's, that's the only justification that your story and my story Mm -hmm. could could make sense to me you know it's not just coincidence or happenstance or just a you know oh look what look what just happened kind of lucky there jason i don't see it that way at all yeah. i just can't it's just no way when i share my my testimony uh with people and i'm a preacher's son and my dad is, is the, the single greatest most humble best man that i've ever known and, and he's still preaching and pastoring at, at age 74 but I, I didn't become a christian until i was 45 you know, I was I was mm-hmm. the typical preacher's wow. kid, um, but when I share my testimony, I, I I tell people a that you know aren't we glad we have a God that pursues us? Number one, and and, and number two, just what you said. You looking back with the benefit of hindsight, I can see now that even before I was a Christian, I can see where He was directing things, where He was moving me Completely. in places, where He was was taking things away from me to draw me closer to Him. Uh, it, it's it's incredible when you have that gift of hindsight, and I think that's one of the gifts that he gives you in in certain circumstances to look back and say, "Oh yeah, I wasn't the one who was guiding that; it, it was God who was doing it." Well, I mean, listen, I didn't become a Christian until I was twenty seven, twenty seven, two thousand one, so twenty almost twenty one years ago now. So my life, for the most part, I grew up in a, a home that was you know, kind of church. We went to Catholic church and and I made my first communion in my, you know, my, when I was 13 or 14, my, my uh, confirmation at church and, and I went to church, but I didn't care. I, honestly, I had no idea who Jesus was. I didn't know that you could actually have a relationship with him. All of that was very foreign to me. So fast forward to 27, when that happens, uh, you know, it was a process and it's uh, still a process, right? I mean, I, I say, our relationship with God is a work in progress until the day we leave this earth. It really is. I mean, we're constantly 
growing. It's called sanctification. Right, that was the say, that's the church word, sanctification. Yeah, yeah, that's the church word, sanctification, uh, and that continues till the day we die. But when I started to develop and grow in my relationship with the Lord, and I would look back, and I would tell the story of how I got to ESPN, or the story of how I even got into broadcasting, and the story of you know, taking two years off between my community college route and then my four-year degree, all of those things, where I am even today right now talking to you, none of those, I'm not here right now unless I go through all of those things even before I was a believer. So I see God working in my life in so many ways behind the scenes when I had no idea that it was God working in my life. I just thought it was a break here, an opportunity there, maybe got, got a little lucky here. Got somebody somebody looked at my resume and called me back. Okay, great. That was that was very fortunate. No, man, that was all God to 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 weave it in the way that He's woven it for me in my life to where I am today. Not just from a professional standpoint, but from a opportunity to be married to my wife for 22 years now and have a daughter who's going to be graduating high school in June. Like there's so many amazing things that have happened in my life, and I can't take any credit for it. It wasn't luck. I'm sorry. I just can't go there. Jason Romano from the Sports Spectrum is joining us here, former ESPN producer. This is episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. What and or how ultimately did you come to Christ? Well, well what I, was it that brought you there? Yeah, it was my brother, Chris. Um, you know, I explained how I grew up in church and but didn't really care or even know who, who God was. And in 1998, my brother, Chris, who is two and a half years younger than me, uh, I'm the oldest. Uh, he'll be celebrating a birthday in a couple days here on January 15th. So he'll be the big four, uh, six, I believe is mm -hmm. what he's turning 46. But I have two younger brothers, but Chris is the middle younger brother and I'm the oldest. And in 1998, he was going down a really bad path. Uh, he had just graduated and was getting ready to go teach and um, professionally and on the surface, everything looked great, but he had a lot of issues behind the scenes and doing some things he shouldn't be doing. And um, yeah, so he had a real, you know, he met Jesus in March, I think of 98 and he had a real legit conversion, like a 180, right? And when that happened and I saw that initially, I thought he was insane uh, I thought he was part of maybe some kind of cult or something. I didn't know because I don't feel like, at least from my perspective growing up, that you could change that quickly. Mm -hmm. Like suddenly you're just, you, you went from being that to this. I, I don't get that. Obviously now I do. But watching him make this, you know, amazing uh, pivot in his life was at first scary. I mean, I was happy that he wasn't doing the things he was doing before, but I also was a little concerned that he was, becoming religious, I think was the word I probably right. used back then. And, but then I watched his life over the next three years. I watched how he eventually loved and took care of and cherished his now wife that he's been married 22 years as well. I watched how he became a dad in 2000 to my nephew, Sam. Uh, and I watched how he loved him. I watched how he treated people. I watched how he lived his life and that became attractive to me. Not the religious part, if mm -hmm. you will, but the way he was, the way that God had changed him in terms of how he was living out his life. And Mother's Day 2001, my brother invites me, my mom, and my little brother, Damien, to church, to his church. My brother's name is Chris. And so Chris, <laughs> Chris got saved and started going to a church that was what I like to call a very charismatic Pentecostal church service. Uh, I don't know what kind of church you grew up in, Dan. I grew up in a Catholic church. It's very quiet. It's very almost somber. Um, nobody claps. There's no, there's a little bit of singing. Uh, it's very, you know, almost like being in a library, mm -hmm. right? And that's not necessarily bad. It's just different. That's what I grew up in. Then you go to my brother's church and you're basically going from, you know, smooth jazz to hardcore heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one end of the spectrum to the other. 
And I remember walking in there and thinking, this is nuts. Why is there like a worship band playing songs that are like up tempo? Why are there people clapping and singing loudly? Um, why are there people dancing? Dancing in church? Are you kidding me? That's weird. Why is that happening? So the worship part, the music took me a little bit to, to kind of become comfortable with. But then the pastor came up and he shared a message. I don't remember what he shared, but I remember being drawn to what he was saying. I remember being interested. I wasn't bored. And afterwards, we went back to my brother's house and he just said, Jay, you know, what'd you think of church? I said, you know, it wasn't bad, Chris, especially the, the pastor. You know, the, the music was a little much, but the pastor had a really great message. It wasn't bad. He's like, really? He's like, come with me. I said, sure. And I love my brother. He could have said anything that day, and I probably would have at least listened because I, I loved him so much and, and admired the person that he was becoming. But he said, listen, I know what you just heard. Maybe you don't understand it. Would you care if I shared with you kind of what the gospel is and who Jesus is? I said, no, I'd love to hear it. So we sat down in the back bedroom of his house on Mother's Day 2001, and he shared for about 15 minutes with me what the gospel was. Now, I wish I could tell you, Dan, that it made complete sense and I was all in then. It didn't, but my heart was open to at least say yes and begin the journey. Mm -hmm. And it probably took about a year for me to really grasp what salvation was, what the gospel was, who Jesus is. But that day was the day where I at least had my heart open and I said yes. And I prayed a prayer with him. And, you know, I wish I could tell people that was really the day. I mean, it's, it's definitely the day I point to. If people said, what day did you get saved? That would probably be the day I would point to. But I don't know if I was, if I had died walking out of that house that day, if I was going to be in heaven. I don't know, because I really didn't know what I was saying yes to. But that's why I try to tell people, whenever they ask me about my faith journey, like, you don't need to have all the answers. You don't, it's important to do the research and understand what you believe. But it's really just a simple heart posture of saying yes, and then go on the journey go on the journey. And that's kind of what happened with me and been on that journey now almost 21 years. I have heard, I listened to a lot of uh, the Billy Graham channel and listened to a lot of his archive messages, hundreds of them. And if I heard yeah, him say Sirius it, XM, right? Yeah. That channel is yeah. amazing. <laughs> if I heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a hundred times that you can't come to Christ intellectually alone, that you're never going to understand it all. That's why you have to come by faith. There are just some things that we're never going to know, never going to fully right. understand until we get to heaven. And, and yep. uh, that, that's that's uh, uh, what you said resonates a lot with me, because growing up as as a preacher's son, I knew the answers to all the questions, you know? Mm -hmm. for, for 40 years, 45 years, I knew the answers to all the questions. It was just a matter of, okay, when you're going to open your heart. And for me, and, and uh, I'll, I'll share this with you later, but uh, to me, it, yeah. took, it took God, as I uh, said when I spoke to a, a, uh, a bunch of men at a, a substance abuse center uh, back in December, said it took God pulling the rug out from under me and f cartoon style, flipping me head over heels and everything that I had was just about gone. There's no cookie cutter way that Christ works in drawing people to him. Your, your, your experience was different than my experience. It was different than my wife's experience and, and on down yes. the road. It's, it's just intriguing to hear this. I love hearing the stories of other people. It's why I love what I, what I get to do with Sports Spectrum, because that question that you just asked me, I get to ask all sorts of people in, in, the, in the world that I've known now for years and years, the sports world, and asking their Jesus story. And some are, you know, incredibly passionate and so you know people i think there's a lot of people that say oh mine's kind of boring i grew up in a christian home and i went to church and then you know i got to college and that's where i got serious and now i love jesus and i'm like that's not boring it might not be this you know 180 moment like my brother had or this amazing conversion that you had dan in your mid-40s but <laughs> there's no such thing as a boring testimony <laughs> with christ there isn't uh you know if you're fortunate to grow up in a christian home and be on fire for God since you were five, six, seven years old. That's great. Like celebrate that. That's wonderful. Um, and if you're 45 and you're coming back to Christ and you know, it's, it's funny when you shared your testimony, 
the word surrender came to my mind because that is what it truly is yep. when you want to get serious about your faith. Mm-hmm. You can ask God into your heart, you can pray a prayer, but it's 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 a it's a matter of getting serious about it. Do you care? Uh, do you want to spend time with him? Do you want to get in your word every day? Do you want to live like him? Do you want to love people like him? Do you want to be with a body of believers? Are you getting serious? Do you want to serve? That's the number one, you know, number one word I think about when I think about Jesus is he served. So that's what it really is, is it's a surrender to self. And um, a lot of us struggle with that. I don't care what age you are, but there's no boring testimonies, Dan. You no, know that. no, you're right. I mean, everybody doesn't have the, the Paul on the road to Damascus moment. But you're that's right. But you're right. Okay. And, and, and and I can tell you almost 10 years later now, I'll, I'll be 55 in, in April, and I got I got saved on uh, June the 10th of, of 2012, so my, my 10-year uh, spiritual birth is coming up. I can prom- I can promise you, I wish I had that boring story of you right. know uh, of being saved at five and six years 40 old. Forty years and, that you felt like you probably yeah. could have been a lot closer to Christ. The but mis- he works his the mistakes his that I made, ways, right? Yeah, the 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 sure. angst that I caused my family. Yeah, trust me, I wish I had, but then it wouldn't be my story that I can share now. We're visiting with Jason Romano from Sports Spectrum, former ESPN producer. All right, we've got about uh, about. 10, 15 minutes left. So let's, let's get to where the rubber meets the road here. You, you are professionally riding high at ESPN. You've got what sounds like your dream job. You're, you're loving it. You're getting to spend time with childhood heroes and doing yep. what many, many people in our industry would, would love to be doing. And then in 2017, you walk away from it. <laughs> you, you, you decide to take literally and figuratively a leap of faith Leave yes. this leave this job that gives you not only comfort and security and, and whatever monetary compensation it was, but it also gave you some notoriety and, and all these contacts and everything else. And you decide to walk away from it. How long had you been thinking about that? How difficult was you to pull the trigger? Was it for you to pull the trigger uh, on taking that leap of faith and following where you felt Christ was leading you? Uh, it was incredibly difficult. Uh, there's no lie about, about that. Uh, I started thinking about it in 2015, and it was a couple of things were happening. Number one, that was probably the there was a stretch there of about five months where I just hated my job, which is probably the only time that I was at ESPN where I could say that. And I would come home and I'd be like, "Why do I not like my job right now? Look where I'm working!" Like I would fight myself and saying. You're not allowed to hate your job. Look what you get to do every day and look how much they're paying you and look at the life that you get to live and look at the the blessings that you have with regards to, you know, when you work at ESPN, you're working for Walt Disney and Walt Disney, you get a lot of perks with that. And, you know, my daughter has been to Disney World more times than most people ever probably have (laughs) because we had all those those perks. But 2015, I don't know, I was just having a tough time with identity. I was having a tough time with some people I was working with. My boss and I just didn't see eye to eye. I was being pushed in directions that I don't know were not just uncomfortable, but directions I didn't like. And so I was kind of ready to go, right? I I, I don't know why I wasn't going to ever leave a job and go to nothing else. I wasn't that person. Um, I just meant maybe I could leave that job and go to another job at ESPN. That was my thinking. But I started to at least have the idea in my head of like, what would it look like to leave ESPN? I don't know where that would be, but what would that look like? And I ended up at a conference in 2015 in Nashville. I was invited, first time I've ever been invited to speak at a conference. And it was a social media conference. I was the only person there who worked for a company that wasn't faith-based or nonprofit. And the people that were there, about 75 people, were all social media digital media professionals like I was at that time. And they brought me in to speak about my testimony because they were all Christian or faith-based, but also really to share about kind of what the work I did at ESPN from a social media perspective, what does that look like? And the more I would talk to people there, the more I realized they're doing the same job I'm doing, but in my eyes, they're doing it for a greater purpose. They're working for a church or a ministry or a nonprofit And their goal ultimately is to help people hear about God. And I'm like, I can't do that with my job. Um, 
I can be as much of a light as possible and be the hands and feet of Christ at ESPN. I, I, I finally understood that, but I can't point to Christ in the work that I do, if that makes sense. At least I didn't think I could. So uh, that's where, and I walked out of that conference and I thought, man, wouldn't it be amazing to take the skills that I've, you know, accumulated over the years, both at ESPN and in local radio, and I don't know, do something like they're doing for a greater purpose. But I just thought about that. It wasn't, there wasn't any clear path or anything. It just kind of started to enter into my mind. And a year later, uh, or really less than a year later, when I was at that low point at work, I got approached with an opportunity to go work for Mike and Mike in the morning. And, you know, the premier morning sports show for years. And I said, yes. I said, well, a change will probably be good for me. And so in February of 2016, I moved on to Mike and Mike in the morning. And I basically spent my last year at ESPN working with them. That was the best year I ever had at ESPN. It's the most money I ever made. It was the, the coolest opportunities I ever had. I mean, we traveled seven, eight times that year to the biggest sporting events. Um, I know you're down in, in South Carolina. That was the year Clemson won the national championship and beat Alabama mm -hmm. in, what was that, January of 2017. Right. We were at that game with Mike and Mike. You know, I mean, we covered the World Series that year when the Cubs won the, won the World Series. We were at the NBA Finals when LeBron and Cleveland came back and beat Golden State. So many cool things happened that year. And personally, I was having a great time with my job. I loved what I got to do. But I couldn't shake this thought about, is this time, is, is my time up at ESPN? And so I spent 2016 just building relationships with people outside of ESPN and what I mean by that is I really just would call them. Let's say I had met you, Dan, in 2016 on social media probably, and I would have said, hey, do you have a half hour? And can I just talk to you and hear your story? And, you know, I wasn't recording it. It didn't turn into any kind of podcast. It was just me and this other person talking. And I probably did that with 10 to 15 people in the spring and the summer of 2016. One of those people was a guy named Steve Stenstrom, who is the president of Sports Spectrum and a ministry called Professional Athletes Outreach. And he's also a former NFL quarterback. Mm -hmm. He played in the 90s with Stanford and was drafted into the NFL. And he is as ministry-minded as you'll ever find a person. And Steve and I connected in the fall of 2016. Uh, we had a real deep conversation about Sports Spectrum. And, you know, this is a ministry that's been around for years, Sports Spectrum, for 35 years. But they really kind of went, were headed downward and needed to kind of have a revamping. And Steve and his company had just kind of acquired Sports Spectrum. And he called me and he's like, would you ever consider kind of working with Sports Spectrum and doing what you're doing at ESPN, but with us? I can't guarantee or promise anything to you, but I know that our work would be really fruitful and we would be, you know, co-laboring in an opportunity to bring Christ into the sports world. And man, that really was appealing to me. And that's when I went to my wife and you talk about difficult. That's where the difficult conversations really started to take place because the offer, when they finally made an offer to me in late November of 2016, it was for 40% less than what I was making at ESPN. It was a contract job. There were no benefits and everything that I had built towards as far as whether it's retirement um, or, you know, any perks that I have from ESPN, those were all going to be gone. But you mentioned the word leap of faith. And I just, I just felt like this is where God was taking me and leading me. It felt like half time of life, Dan, you know, I was 42 at the time, I think when I left and or 43, and it just felt like kind of half time of life. And if I'm ever going to do anything now is the time, because if I get to 50 years old, which I'm almost at now, but if I get to 50, and I'm still at ESPN, I'm probably never leaving. And it's not that I don't, I wanted to leave ESPN, but I'm like, God, you know, I, I want to do more for you. What does that look like? And, you know, after praying with my wife, and I remember having this conversation, Dan, with my wife about the money aspect and all of the things that this was going to include. And I said, listen, I said, if this is from God, I said, it won't, it won't, It'll, it'll be seen through and we'll be fine if it's from God, which I believe it is. If it's not, the door is going to shut pretty quickly. It's going to crumble 
And I'm probably going to be back at ESPN in four to six months because we didn't move. I'm still here in Bristol, Connecticut mm-hmm. right now. So I just, I just said, let me try this for a year and let's see what God does. And now it's been five years. So it, it kind of worked out pretty well. But at the time, there was a lot of uncertainty. Anytime you're taking a, a massive pay cut like that, um, you know, your, your, your mind goes to places that it probably doesn't need to go. Can we afford to pay our bills? Are we going to afford to pay our mortgage? And I just told her, I said, let's just trust, you know, that God's going to take care of it. And I promise you, I won't just sit on my chair and do nothing. I will work my tail off. You know, maybe there's opportunities outside of working for sports spectrum. And at that time there were, you know, opportunities to consult opportunities, to write two books, to go and speak. These are things I never planned about. Mm-hmm. They, those doors all opened after I left ESPN. So it was incredibly hard, but I'm, uh, I don't regret it one bit. I'm very thankful that God has brought me to where I am now. So when people visit the sports spectrum website or Twitter or, or whatever it is, yeah. what should they expect to see? Well, the first thing they're going to see is Jesus in the sports conversation. And we, we use the words, the intersection of sports and faith, but we are very intentional to, to not deceive people with the word faith. That could mean a lot of things. We want to bring Christ into the conversation. We mm-hmm. want to glorify him. We want to see his name lifted high. And, but we want to do it in a unique way. We want to be a media company just like any other media company is out there. And that's kind of how we run our operations. But we also understand that we have a, you know, sort of a ministry as well. Um, we call it the media ministry of Sports Spectrum. It's how I view it, to be honest with you. Um, and you know, we have a podcast that's been around. That was the very first thing I was asked to do. By the way, was to start and host a podcast. Dan, you're awesome at what you do. Uh, when I was coming out of ESPN, I hadn't hosted anything since college. So I was scared to death. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't even know if I know how to ask a question with a microphone in my face. I know how to do that behind the scenes. I was a producer for 20 years. I know how to produce content. I still do. But hosting was a different animal. But now we're five years into the podcast, 3 million downloads and and very successful, I think. And we've had some great partners come alongside us and help us on this journey. So the podcast is there. When they go to the website, they'll read stories, testimonials. There's devotionals there. We actually have a podcast network of shows, about four shows now, and we're going to be growing more in 2022. So that's really what people are going to get. You know, when they go into social media, they're going to get the same sort of compartmentalized, uh, you know, content. You know, they're going to see prayers on there. They're going to see athletes sharing their stories on sports and faith, and they're going to hear their testimonies. And the thing that makes us unique is we're not going to report breaking news that, athlete a signed with this team we're not going to report that but if that athlete talks about jesus where other outlets would keep that out we're going to amplify that we're going to highlight that and we want to share that and you know we're still a very niche organization we still have a lot of room to grow i believe but there are a lot of people dan and you probably know this who love jesus and love sports a lot of people but there are not many places where they can go and hear both of those things intentionally brought into the content that they read, listen to, and hear. Uh, and that's what we try to do. And that's what we're trying to continue to do. Before we wrap it up, and then we're visiting with Jason Romano uh, from Sports Spectrum, former ESPN producer here on Episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. By the way, Jason, this is a, a rebrand. The, uh, the old podcast used to be called Grumpy Old Broadcasters. Uh, which, which had, which had a life of its own, but, uh, I like the title though. Yeah. I could probably be, I, I could probably be a part of that pretty soon. Yeah. Well, you obviously you don't have it up, but you should see the, uh, you should see the logo and occasionally every once in a while I break it out, but, uh, that's funny. uh, and in, in any event, I, I intentionally made, made the decision to rebrand it, to do just what you're talking about. So to kind of not pigeonhole what we were doing and be able to branch out to share more of sports and faith and Jesus and have conversations like this, but to tell us about uh, the book, The Uniform of Leadership. Mm. So that's my second book, and we released it last year. Well, really, almost two years ago now. Wow. Or the we most, the the most recent summer. one, right? The most recent one, yes. Yeah. We released it in the summer of 2020. Uh, by the way, don't ever release a book in a pandemic if you can plan for that, <laughs> but most people don't ever plan for that. Um, this is a labor of love, this book. I do not like uh, writing, if I'm being completely honest, Dan. Uh, I don't think it's my sweet spot. I don't think it's something I enjoy. 
Um, but opportunities come, doors open. And thankfully, I had a great co-author with me, Steve Copeland, um, who was just tremendous. And he helped me along on the journey of writing. He wrote my first book with me. And we wrote The Uniform of Leadership. And this book, if you love sports and Jesus, and you're interested in any form of leadership or becoming a better leader, that's why I wrote this. This is this is my stories from my time at ESPN, but really, I didn't just want to have it be narrative and a story and, and my experiences. I really wanted it to be applicable to people's lives. Mm-hmm. And so I chose the the idea of it being a leadership book. And I told stories about days I spent with Daryl, like you said, Daryl Strawberry and Drew Brees and Tony Dungy and Pete Carroll. And I just started thinking about who are some of the people, because I got to spend time with a ton of very famous people with the job that I had at ESPN. But what were the lessons learned during those experiences? And each one of those people that came to ESPN, there was a different story, a different moment, a different experience. And kind of putting this together was a lot of fun because it made me go back and think not just who were the people that I spent time with, but what was the lesson that they taught me and that they can teach others in being a great leader. And it really comes down to servant leadership. I know it's sort of a cliche buzzword, but it's the example of Jesus who came to serve and not be served. And all of these people in the unique and different way that they they were that day with me at ESPN were great servant leaders. And so I just tell those stories. Um, if you love sports, you're going to love some of the people that are featured in there. But the parts that really resonate with people that I've been told are the people that aren't famous that I highlighted in there. The cafeteria uh, cashier who I spoke with and watched every single day be an amazing leader. The the coworker that I had with me, Lisa, who started a Bible study at ESPN and behind the scenes is one of the great people I ever worked with and one of my best friends. Like those were the people that you, Dan, can relate with. Maybe not you because you work in sports, but that the everyday person who doesn't spend time with, you know, celebrities or whatever can relate to they can go to the esp or they can go to their cafeteria and resonate with the person who works at the at the cashier line who takes your order they can resonate with that and i i love the uniform of leadership i'm so thankful that god opened up a door for me to write that um and thankful to kriegel who is our publisher and yeah i just think we wrote it for people to go through together with teams as well not just to read it for themselves but to really Take a small group of people. If you're a coach and you want to go through something with your fellow coaches or with your players, like this is why I wrote that book for a situation like that to help people grow in their leadership. JasonRomano.com is where you can find out a lot more about this guy, about the book, uh, about Sports Spectrum. I think that's probably the best jumping off point. Would that be accurate? Yeah, and SportsSpectrum.com, if you want to, go into that sports spectrum world and really just, I mean, there's 35 years of content in that website yeah. and you know, the podcast is five years old and there's like 750 episodes or whatever the crazy number is that we've done in five years. So there's tons of content names that you'll definitely recognize uh, people that you probably root for and maybe some that you don't root for <laughs> that suddenly you'll become a fan of, which has happened to me. I'm like, no, they play for the team. I don't root for, but man, do they love Jesus? So you become a, uh, you know, the viewpoint, I think, and the perspective changes quite a bit. But yeah, sportsspectrum.com is is the best place, I think, to go for all of our content. Sounds great. Listen, thank you so much. Uh, Again, social media, uh, I just reach out to you. And I've been fortunate to have this happen on a number of occasions over the last year or so. Blindly message somebody on sports media, get a a positive response, and, and here we are. Well, I, I usually say yes to most interviews, to be honest, Dan, but when I can talk about Jesus, I'm all in uh, because that's who I am and part of my story now. And, you know, when you reached out, I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I love that's why I love the social media side of things that way, because mm-hmm. we can connect and now we're friends. And hopefully, uh, you know, I think we should reciprocate this and have you on Sports Spectrum at some point, too. So we'll have to have that conversation when we're done recording. here. Well, let, let me check my schedule. Uh, yeah, I think I could make that happen. <laughs> Hang Sounds on. Good to me. All right. That is uh, Jason Romano. We will be back with more to close out this episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show podcast in just a moment. When it's time for a new mortgage or refinance, finding someone with a proven track record of both success and customer service can be an issue. 
Scott Fowler of Guaranteed Rate is the solution to both problems. Scott has helped thousands of clients achieve their home ownership dreams for over two decades and has been recognized as a top 1% originator in the U.S. by both Mortgage Executive Magazine and Scotsman Guide. And about that customer service, 96% of Scott's customers say they would use him again. Take advantage of the incredibly low finance rates while you can. Let Scott and his team guide you through the process start to finish. Call today, 864-915-8779. Again, that's 864-915-8779. Or find out much more online at www.rate.com slash Scott Fowler. Scott Fowler and Guaranteed Rate. Hey friends, Booty Catherine here, native of Greenville and eight-time competitor on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. And I want to tell you about Motive School of Movement, our new ninja and parkour gym right here in Greenville where we are teaching movement and functional fitness to people ages five and up and of every ability and skill level and they're loving it. We've got families that work out together, kids that leave the gym sweating and tired who can't wait to come back. We've even got a 62-year-old member taking adult parkour classes. And if you've got a child who would enjoy a Ninja Warrior-themed birthday party we're your place together with brett and grace sims and bob reese we've created motive school of movement in an incredible facility located just behind haywood mall on webb road stop by and see us in person or take a virtual tour at motivemovement.org that's motivemovement.org or just search motive school of movement or call us at 864-775-4844 that's 864-775-4844 Every sports fan's goal should be make it to the Hall of Fame. Well, we have you covered with Hall of Fame Sports Grill at 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Known for their great food and fantastic daily specials, Hall of Fame has you covered with all the game action on their 30 televisions. Plus weekly events like Tuesday night's Bar Trivia for Dummies, Wednesday night's Music Bingo, Thursday night's Dirty Bingo, and Karaoke with Fred Rock every Friday. That's 531 Wade Hampton Boulevard, HalloFameSportsGrill.com. Treat yourself to one of the fastest growing, most entertaining activities in the upstate with a visit to Craft Axe Throwing. From casual axe throwing to the World Axe Throwing League, Craft has it all right here in Greenville. Get in house safety instruction, then claim a lane and start throwing today. League nights available for those who love to compete. Craft Axe Throwing, 1320 Hampton Boulevard in Greenville. Call 864-301-6032 or visit craftaxethrowing.com. Sometimes cleaning up the neighborhood begins at home. When it does, call on Shane's Powerhouse Washing. Shane's is a family-owned business which prides itself on being on time and doing the job right the first time. Residential or commercial, home, business, driveway, parking lot, decks, fences, even dumpster pads. If it needs cleaning, Shane's Powerhouse Washing will get it done. Also, ask about the handyman services available. Call today, 864-760-9184 or check out the website, www.shanespowerhousewashing.com. Another edition of the podcast, episode 10, coming to a close. Our thanks again to Jason Romano, our guest from ESPN, or formerly from ESPN, now with Sports Spectrum. That's the website. Also, you can find him on Twitter. Talk about a guy who is doing a ton of interviews with athletes So you're going to get your sports fixed, but you're also going to get your Jesus fixed because he's using that platform to share Christ, and I think it's just phenomenal. It's what we are trying to do here. Listen, I want to throw something out there, speaking of such, um, something that I've been praying about for about 18 months now and possibly not acting uh, with as much faith as I should because of issues in the past where when I first got saved, especially in think uh, many of you may, or some of you anyway, may know what I'm talking about when I say I felt like I was super Christian and I was going to go out and do all these things and got ahead of God when I thought something was His will and it was not, and ended up causing uh, some issues, uh, especially financial issues for my family. So maybe being a little too cautious on this. However, I have had enough uh, signs, enough sermons, enough devotions that would be to anyone else random in nature that have been direct hits at me saying, get off your duff, 
and get going on this. So I'm stepping out in faith, and that's what I'm doing. I'm looking to take this podcast and actually turn it into a weekly hour-long radio show as well, uh, airing on stations all across the country. In order to do that, the first step is to form a nonprofit, and uh, I have to come up with about $1,500 to do that uh, with the IRS, with forming the corporation, with revamping my website to get it ready to go where then I can start raising money to purchase airtime, which is is something that's going to have to happen. And then also hopefully raise enough money in the process to be able to do some things in our community here that I really feel strongly about. If you would like some information uh, or if you think maybe you're being led to help what we're doing, first of all, pray about it. Secondly, don't send us anything that is designated for your church and your regular giving there. But if you do have something a little extra and you'd like to help us, shoot me an email, thedanscottshow at gmail.com, thedanscottshow at gmail.com, and I will respond back and let you know how you can help us get this nonprofit formed and off the ground. The hope is to get the nonprofit done within the next month or so, and then by June or July start having enough resources raised where we can begin to purchase airtime and start getting this on radio stations at different points across the country. I feel like this is where God is leading me. I'm stepping out in faith. And if you'd like to be part of the process, then just email me, thedanscottshow at gmail.com, and I will send you some information as to how you can help. And when the uh, nonprofit is formed, that gift will be tax deductible if you so desire. Listen, thanks again to Jason Romano. Thank you for continuing to support what we do. Like the podcast, share it, tell people about it, and let's get this thing growing, okay? We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. This has been episode 10 of the Dan Scott Show podcast. And until next time, I'm Dan saying God bless you. and So long, everybody.